afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000 is your local call-in number. Toll-free is 888-970-9329. You can email me as well, talk at WDAY.com. Good afternoon, Atil. Good afternoon. I understand we're limited to Jay Thomas's uh, music list this afternoon. I'm actually filching from Mike McFeely because um, uh, Mr. Dave Reinen, who is like the music extraordinaire down here, has a ton of music in here that I have discovered, and we we will we will make do with that because all right. apparently well, we're gonna, Google we're, is just dead. We're gonna we're gonna limp by on subpar <laughs> music standards. We're gonna get you through okay. though. Yeah, we'll we'll make it, and and hopefully tomorrow we'll we'll try to do tomorrow a will better. be a new day. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Music's fine. Uh, our guest is Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley, who uh, knows a thing or two about music. Drew, you're a U2 fan, aren't you? I I am a U2 fan. You got it. Yeah, that's right. The last See, only about the last. Uh, 35 or 36 years. I have U2 uh, LPs, actual albums. I, I yeah. should sell those on eBay now that I'm going to be unemployed. Yeah, like like U2 and uh, and Snoop Dogg, right? That's your other big... U2 and... Actually, I'm allergic to Snoop Dogg, but Are you? I, uh, I am definitely a U2 fan. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the more serious part of our interview. You know, we had um, earlier this week, uh, Governor, you know, we, we... Or not, I guess, earlier this week... Governor Dalrymple issued uh, an emergency um, evacuation order for the protest camps uh, and then came back and, and clarified that, that it was not necessarily, I, I think, a lot of people, and certainly there were some state officials who said that this might be something where it would it would allow us to block the flow of, of supplies or, or people in into the camps. The, the Army Corps of Engineers has set a date for December 5th uh, that they want the, you know, the protesters off off that land. And and I had a question because yesterday Governor Dalrymple came out and kind of said it was he thought it would be not a good thing or I, I think he used the word inhumane. You can correct me if I'm wrong uh, to 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 do that to block supplies going into the camp. And, and I guess I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when when we had these protesters on Highway 1806 and they had that highway blocked, yeah. and law enforcement had to come in and, and and clear them off, it got very violent and and very ugly. Uh, the core wants them off this land, but it doesn't. The court also doesn't want to to you know come in and and forcefully remove them off the land. Why would we not create a situation, particularly when they're they're building permanent structures on that land, which is a big concern given the the treatment of the land and and the safety of those structures and the fact that the core doesn't want those structures there? Why would we not want to block supplies and new people going into that camp? Well, there's a couple uh, a couple of things that you're mentioning there. One. Uh, and thanks for having me on, uh, Rob. I do appreciate the opportunity sure. to be here. The they, um, couple of things, and the answer to it is really, in a large way, dependent upon uh, the weather. We're in the middle of now. Here we are. Winter is set in uh, pretty fiercely here in uh, this part of the state. We've got a couple of feet of snow and a couple of feet of drifts uh, going around. The weather is freezing, and there are a bunch of people down there in that encampment that aren't even from North Dakota. They don't understand the first thing about this weather. At the end of the day, uh, there's a humanitarian reason why you wouldn't stop uh, somebody bringing blankets uh, or food and water in there at this point. Um, there, but there's some practical reasons, too. We don't even need to get to that because at the end of the day, we, there, there's not, we don't have a federal partner that will help us block access to the camp from the south. So the Obama administration has repeatedly 
refuse to send federal law enforcement in to assist. And that's why the bills go up so rapidly here in North Dakota, $17 million uh, so far for law enforcement, bringing them in from all around the state of North Dakota that's got to be paid for, the National Guard, uh, which uh, the force has been uh, significantly enhanced from what was already a large force last week and bringing law enforcement in from around the country. So uh, as a practical matter, we, can't, we just don't have the personnel to blockade around there. But also, Rob, I think what the governor was trying to get to yesterday is it's not our objective to cause a humanitarian disaster out there. Uh, and uh, we've got to deal with uh, the realities of what this cold means uh, for those people. But they are being urged in the strongest terms possible to leave their unlawful camp, which is exactly what it is and has been from the beginning. You know, I got into trouble a couple of months ago with some people in the, in the media and some other uh, people around the state for declaring that an unlawful protest. I don't know what else you'd call it. There had already been dozens of arrests. They'd taken over state highways. They were encamped illegally. They were causing millions of dollars of damage to construction equipment and private property. And that, that's, uh, you know, that's continued on uh, over these months. <clears throat> Pardon me. But uh, at the same time, here we are. They've been pushed off of every square inch that the state of North Dakota can push them off of. They're on a federal, uh, they're in a, I'll call it a federal refuge because the, uh, the Army Corps and the, and the Obama administration have refused to demand that they leave that federal, uh, that federal land. We've had no authority to go in there and remove them. But now the Army Corps is saying they should leave by the 5th. We'll see. 701-293-9000 if you want to join the program, 888 you, you you talk about having a, a partner, and, and I think you specifically said a, a federal partner, but but another thing the governor has, has announced is that he wants to meet uh, with not only Chairman Archambault, but also the entire Standing Rock Tribal Council. Has that meeting been set, and, and can you tell us anything about what the agenda for the discussion there is? Well, it's not set uh, yet, but also uh, don't uh, please don't misunderstand. There have been a series of discussions from the very beginning uh, in this uh, in this uh, occurrence. Uh, the governor's spoken with Chairman Archambault on a number of occasions. Several of those occasions, I was present there to witness it on the phone. But but this this is the and first time the governor's uh, the National Guard uh, General uh, General Dorman, and then the head of the Highway Patrol Colonel Gerhardt. They they've had a number of meetings also, but this one is a little more broad. And at the same time, I, I just want to remind your listeners that there's not unified leadership of this protest. There's not somebody to sit down and have a rational discussion with. Um, it's like going into the Fargo Dome and you know, picking out your favorite section and start talking to them. It doesn't mean you have an agreement with the next section, and two sections over there mad at both of those sections, and across the dome they don't even know those people. That's the way it is at this protest. Do you um, so at this point inviting? And I thought it was significant that that Governor Dalrymple invited the entire tribal council. In the past, yeah. his discussions have mostly been with Chairman Archambault. Is this an attempt to, to maybe reach some elements of the tribe? Because certainly, I've been hearing from my sources at Standing Rock that there is some some dissension. There are some people on the tribal council sure. who aren't necessarily happy with the way everything is gone. Is this is this the governor's way of maybe trying to reach some of those people? Well, if that's one of the, you know, I don't, I'm, I wouldn't state that as one of the objectives. The objective is just to have a discussion with, and hopefully we can get the, the tribal council and the other leadership down there to, to join us in recognizing that you've got a humanitarian disaster in the making here if the people don't uh, extricate themselves from a very dangerous situation, particularly dangerous this week with the snow and the storm. But now next week the temperatures are going to dip down. Uh, we're all familiar with what it's like to be in sub-zero uh, weather for a high that day. Uh, a lot of people aren't, and they're not equipped for it. I don't know about you, Rob. I've done a fair amount of winter camping, yeah. and uh, it's fun on the first day because you, you prepared for it. It's fun on day two because you think, great, my gear's working, and by day three, 
uh, things can get pretty miserable, and not just and it's just uncomfortable if 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 what all you have to do is jump in your car and leave. But if you're in an encampment like that, like they are down there, and uh, they don't want to remove themselves, they could end up in a very in a hurry in a very serious situation. So we're urging them to leave. You mentioned the Army Corps; they've instructed that they should leave. I, I just we're going to need federal a federal partner with law enforcement on the ground coming to partner with the state uh, here, the state law enforcement personnel, and then also the National Guard. We need them uh, to come in here. You you mentioned that they want them to leave. Well, you know I want to go to Mars. But I'm not doing anything about it. There's nothing I can do to get there. And uh, they might want them to leave, but they have to do something about it. We need the Army Corps, federal agencies, federal law enforcement entities to partner with us to bring this thing to closure. 701-293-9000, A few minutes left with our guest, Lieutenant Governor Drew Wrigley. You can also email talk at WDAY.com. What, in, in terms of... Um, you know, law enforcement, we, we've got this news of uh, some large group, I've heard as many as thousands, I guess we'll see who shows up, uh, of, of veterans that have come into the state. There was a North Dakota veterans group. As a matter of fact, Russ Stabler from the uh, chairman of the North Dakota Veterans Coordinating Council is going to be on the show here at 1.30. Uh, but they came out and asked those those veterans to, to call off. But it's a little scary because you read some of the documents that this group of veterans has put out that's that's coming here supposedly to act as human shields for yeah. the protesters. They're describing our law enforcement as the enemy. Uh, they're talking about equipping themselves with body armor and, and uh, you know, things like that. It, it doesn't sound like they're coming here to be peaceful. Is North Dakota prepared for this? The protesters have no one to protect themselves against except for themselves. Every single time I hear someone in the media refer to the clashes between uh, the protesters and law enforcement, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand tall. I've got to tell you, at the end of the day, there have been assaults on the police officers, assaults on the people of law enforcement and the National Guard. These have not been clashes. National Guard has never gone forward to uh, uh, confront the protesters or the people that are throwing rocks at them or Molotov cocktails at them or hurling uh, invective and threats all day long, not once. So the protesters only have themselves uh, to protect against because they've incited every single one of these incidents. They're good at putting out little clips of video, but when you watch the raw feed, it's obvious what's happening. I'm going to bring your attention back to the night that they, uh, the protesters were trying in earnest to make their way unlawfully across the bridge that they had shut down by burning it, trying to make their way back across that. They were throwing rocks at police. They were trying to break through the barrier to try to get back up onto the private property that we had successfully pushed them off sometime earlier. At some point, law enforcement thought it would be a good idea to put out the the grass fires that the protesters had started, so they started spraying down the grass uh, around where they were to put out the fires. But then also they, it occurred to them that the, that the hose was working pretty good as a crowd dispersal. And it was interesting because I was down at the emergency operations center, and I'm watching this in a live feed. And I was standing next to Heidi, Heidi Heitkamp, was, uh, uh, wandered in there well, also, and we were watching and both wondering, I wonder why the protesters don't just walk backward 30 feet and they'd be out of the range of the, uh, of the uh, fire hoses. They, would, they wouldn't be getting wet at all. It's completely up to them. And then it occurred to us. They want this on video. They want to give this impression. They're still going around whining about the fact that they were out there and it was cold and they were wet. Well, I have the perfect solution. Don't walk up to the law enforcement line. Don't try to break through it unlawfully. Don't throw rocks at the police. Don't bring your homemade incendiary devices. Don't hurl threats at law enforcement. And don't start fires. 
then you won't get wet. And if you do those things and get wet and you don't want to be wet anymore, well, walk backward 30 feet and you won't be wet any longer. Those kind of things, Rob, have driven a narrative that is unfortunate because I'll tell you, at the end of the day, and it's not just because I spent law, um, 14 years in law enforcement as a prosecutor, it's because I'm out here watching this every day. Law enforcement has been professional. They've been respectful. They've been concerned about the safety of the public, uh, certainly their own safety, and the safety of the protesters. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Drew, I, 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 guess, well, I guess we're out of time. I, I guess we'll just have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time today, Drew. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. More to come straight ahead. Like I said, at 1.30, Russ Stabler, he's the chairman of the North Dakota Veterans Coordinating Council. We're going to talk with him about their reaction to these veterans coming to the state. More to come straight ahead. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. It's a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. we got a caller, Aaron. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Rob. Uh, uh, interesting to hear uh, Mr. Wrigley say that uh, Heidi Heitkamp was in the uh, headquarters there watching the live stream yeah. of the protest. <laughs> yeah, John Hoban was the only one on the Senate floor defending the the lawmakers, uh, where was she at yesterday or whenever he did that? Uh, I know yeah, she I don't takes know. That's her, a... her orders from Reed and Pelosi and King Barry. That's probably the answer. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like she's showing. It's I don't know. It's it's very odd with with Senator Heitkamp um, because well, on one hand, it, it seems like she's reticent to engage. On the other hand, when she does put out a statement, you know, it's it's generally been supportive of of law enforcement and. And, and kind well, of critical of, of the protest. But she doesn't put well, out the statements very often, and I, I, I think she's sort of paralyzed by, by politics. I, I think she knows well, sure where she, she has to be politically in order to stay in the good graces of North Dakota voters, which is to well, say not on the side of the protesters, but on the other side, uh, she's not going to stay in very good standing with her fellow Democrats by taking under- that tax. So she's she's under- in a tough spot, I under- and I, I think that I explains understand, it. I understand that completely, but how much uh, how much of a strength would it have been with both of them on the Senate floor? Oh, I agree huh. with you. I'm not ex- I'm not excusing her behavior. I agree with you. I, I wish she yeah. would speak out more. No, I wish I, she would do more. I wish more. she had more backbone. It would be nice if she if she stood next to Senator Hoven and and even and even delivered her own speech. Um, exactly, that, that yeah. would have been wonderful. I thought Hoven did a wonderful job. Um, yeah, yeah I, I wish we got a little bit more from Heitkamp. She's meeting with Trump tomorrow, I guess. Oh boy, well that'll be interesting. Uh, she, she's you. not she's, she's not just meeting oh. with Trump. There are rumors of a of a cabinet uh, appointment, perhaps. Um, really? Well, we'll get her out of here anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be an interesting development, especially given how her political party campaigned against Trump as this uh, evil bigot. Um, I don't know. Interesting times we live in. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Hey, the other thing, and I, I, I just wrote my Sunday column about this, and I got a, blog, a post up at sayanythingblog.com. It's been interesting to me to watch people sort of react to this audio that Standing Rock has put out uh, where they, they voice their objections to the pipeline during a, a meeting in 2014. I'm not sure why people think that changes anything. Um, the, the problem wasn't that... that Standing Rock never, ever said that they were against pipelines. They passed that resolution in 2012. The problem is they didn't participate in the regulatory process. 
the lawful regulatory process that was set out. Uh, if you listen to that audio, at one point, one of the former tribal council members says uh, that the tribe will, will do it, will do whatever it takes to stop the pipeline. And if that statement was true, well, then why didn't they show up to three public service commission hearings and give their testimony against the pipeline? Why did they blow off multiple meetings with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers? So much so, so that Obama appointed Judge James Boesberg when he wrote his opinion rejecting the tribe's request for enjoyment of pipeline construction. Uh, construction. Uh, he basically said they largely refused to engage in consultations. Right? I mean, the, the tribe saying at one meeting... A voluntary meeting that wasn't even part of the regulatory process with the pipeline company that they opposed the pipeline is not it. You still got to show up for court. You still got to show up for the process. And they didn't. And by the way, they didn't mention this meeting in their federal court filings challenging the lawsuit either. So, I don't know. It's 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 about muddying the waters is what that is. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Russ Stabler, chairman of the ND Veterans Coordinating Committee, or council, excuse me. He's on next. Don't go away. Report. Your call in number 701 293 9329 is a toll free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. Our guest is Russ Stabler. He is the chairman of the North Dakota Veterans Coordinating Council. They just held a uh, press conference earlier today. Uh, and, and Russ, well, why don't you just, just uh, first of all, thanks for your time. And, and second, why don't you just tell us, you had a message for the veterans who are traveling to North Dakota to take place in the protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Why don't you tell us what that message is? Well, the message basically was we were asking them not to come to North Dakota, and, you know, we we, we are not against a peaceful protest. As a matter of fact, that's what we spent our life defending is their right to do that. But to come and create illegal acts and to destroy property and everything, uh, this is what we were trying to discourage. And we don't, do not want it to be misconstrued as North Dakota veterans and the North Dakota veterans community uh, participating in this way. And as a matter of fact, we have taken and we have asked our own members to please refrain from going out and participating in the demonstration. And I mean, we are not falling on either side of the line with law enforcement or with the uh, protesters against the pipeline. Uh, we feel it's not our position to take sides in, 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 in what's going on. We would love to see both sides sit down and calmly talk about it instead of taking and uh, uh, creating situations where there is a clash between law enforcement and 
the uh, protesters. And I mean, these guys, uh, I, I've read their op order and uh, and everything, and they're saying, you know, hey, we're going to have riot-type riot gear there. We're going to have gas masks and body armor and helmets and everything. And... Uh, well, you know, what, what What disturbed me the most about that order that, that you're talking about is that in it, they describe law enforcement as the enemy. I mean, it's 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 right there. It's it's the enemy. So you have this this group and they've created an op order and they're they're talking about deploying as a unit and they're uh, you know, it's, it's all very militaristic. And then they've identified law enforcement as the enemy. I read that stuff and it is. Very, very scary. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm a civilian. I never served in the military. I, I can't claim that honor for myself. Uh, and I'm, we're, you know, we're, I'm one of the, the millions and millions of Americans who are so thankful for people like you who have served in the military. But I read something like that. And as much respect as I have for veterans and as much respect as I have for everybody's First Amendment right to, to speak out, when I hear a group of people organizing themselves in a militaristic fashion and then describing law enforcement as the enemy and talking about how they need body armor and all this other stuff, it scares me, Russ. Am I wrong to be scared? Uh, no, you are not wrong to be scared. The thing is, we took, and when we enlisted in the service, we took an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, and to protect our nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the way this op order reads, they are violating their oath of office by intending to come out here and create a problem. And we want the people of North Dakota, the citizens we want law enforcement. We want the governor, the legislators, our governor-elect to understand we are not in favor of any protest that is going to be unlawful and destroy property and everything else. I mean, we this whole situation over the past hundred and some days has already cost North Dakota Seventeen million dollars, and destroying uh, 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 other people's property and people's vehicles and killing uh, uh, livestock and destroying both private uh, and 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 corporate properties. Uh, it's totally unlawful, and 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 we. We we can't condone those kinds of actions, and they're coming here saying, well, we're going to protect the protesters from, as you said, the enemy forces. And I do not see our law enforcement as an enemy. <clears throat> Seven zero one. I'm sorry. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to join the program, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Have you been in touch? I mean, obviously, there's been all sorts of of media coverage and social media postings and press releases and all that sort of thing. Have Have you spoken with with any of the people organizing this this influx of of veterans? Well, we 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 sent out a letter to uh, Wesley Clark Jr. and Keith Gibbs. 
and everything. And I did get a letter back from Keith Gibbs saying, uh, well, I can't speak for everybody that's going to be uh, there, that uh, they're going to be peaceful and, they're, you know, they're not going to be uh, uh, causing problems and all this kind of uh, uh, stuff. He said, but I can assure you on my behalf that I'm going to come out there and, yes, I'm going to be there, but I do not have any intention of breaking laws and, and, and creating problems. But here again, the op order that they put out uh, speaks the direct opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I I think that's I think that's the troubling thing is, you know, certainly they have and even in their op order, they talk about they don't want to come here and cause problems and they don't want to create a situation. And I would argue there has not been one instance. And we just heard that from the lieutenant governor who was on the program before you. Uh, there has not been one instance where North Dakota law enforcement has been the aggressor, has as instigated an incident. Every time law enforcement has responded, it has been because the protesters were engaging in something that was unlawful whether it's blocking a highway or you know camping on on private land where they're not welcome or attaching themselves to construction equipment or vandalizing that equipment that has been when north dakota law enforcement has has responded and and so i it's it's almost sort of offensive the idea that that these veterans to, to me anyway that these veterans are coming here and, and they're saying that they're going to act as a human shield for the protesters when the pro- nobody has been attacking the protesters the protesters have been attacking law enforcement and and to me that is that is just a fact and if the veterans are coming here to attack law enforcement I, you know I agree with you I I think it's going to be I think that's shameful and I, I I hope that they're peaceful I'm I'm afraid that they're not going to be I'm afraid also that they're not going to be and uh taken well even in some of the uh, articles and everything else that they put out on Facebook and everything they say they want to they're they're going to attempt to uh, create a wedge and get in and get in behind law enforcement well that 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 is not being lawful Uh, desecrating the and disrespecting the American flag is not being respectful. Uh, desecrating national monuments, which has been done, and our own state capitol building. I mean, these are all acts of vandalism and unlawful and therefore, you know, very disruptive. And I'm I'm very disheartened to see what happened to the national monument i mean how 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 are our world war ii bets supposed to feel going to washington dc on an honor flight and seeing the north dakota pillar uh yeah disrespected in this manner well it's 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 got to be a hard thing to see well russ thank you so much for your service and thank you for speaking out on this we certainly appreciate it You are very welcome, Rob, and it's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, same with you, sir. Okay, you have a great day. I will. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 is a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Rob Report, last segment. 701-293-9000, Hey, on the, uh, on the other side of the hour here, I'm going to be on with uh, Jay Thomas. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the stuff with the uh, the pipeline and some of the other news stories. So I'll be on with Jay. Stay tuned for that. Uh, by the way, uh, we were just got off the uh, line with Russ Stabler. He's the chairman of the North Dakota Vet, uh, Veterans Coordinating Council. Uh, the North Dakota veterans are, are telling these uh, veterans coming here to the state to uh, participate in the protests not to come here. Uh, they're saying that, uh, and and Chairman uh, Stabler, you know, basically saying he felt that, um, you know, he was afraid that they were going to come here and they're going to be violent, and, and certainly their operation order is uh, describing uh, the protests as, or as not the protests, but describing law enforcement as uh, the enemy, uh, and that's problematic. Uh, Neo emails even on their GoFundMe page, and uh, he's uh, referring to the GoFundMe page for the veterans that are coming to to support the protesters, even on their GoFundMe page, they state that the money they raise will be for food, transport, and bail. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Um, If if they're planning on coming here and being peaceful, why are they raising money for bail money? You know, so much of this, and, and what has been so unfortunate about so much of this is that the protesters have been putting on a sort of performance art, right? It's They come here and they create situations to get headlines. Uh, and then they use their, their very, very sophisticated media apparatus and social media apparatus to promote a certain narrative about those situations. And, and so unfortunately what has happened is they have made North Dakota law enforcement unwilling participants in this political theater right the cop because the cops have a job to do right if you're going to come out and you're going to purposely break the law the cops have to respond right you can't torch construction equipment and block highways and do all the other things that the protesters have done and not expect the police to respond so then the police will respond and then they work they go into overdrive to cast the police as though they're a bunch of fascists and it's it's just not true and I'm afraid that's what these veterans are going to do here, except in, instead of the, the narrative being uh, police attacking uh, Native Americans, it's going to be police attacking veterans. And it's just so unfortunate because it's it's phony. It's phony. So many in the media love it because either it fits their political narrative or it, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, that sort of thing. But it's phony. It's hurting our state. And it needs to end. I'll be on with Jay Thomas. Jay Thomas is coming up next. I'll be on with him at 2.30, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Or you can catch me right here on WDAY, 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.